Welcome to episode 20 of the Play Like a Champion show, a podcast from Play Like a Champion today. I'm Peter Piscatello. I'm joined by my co-host Kristen Sheehan. We'll get to today's guest in just a moment, but first, a little housekeeping. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you missed last week's conversation or any of our previous episodes, be sure to go back and take a listen. We've talked to some really amazing people who are changing sports at the youth and high school level. You can find Play Like a Champion show in all your favorite podcasting service, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, any more of those. Please make sure you click the subscribe button so you're alerted to new episodes as they're released. And if your podcast app of choice allows, we would appreciate if you rate and review. Finally, connect with us on social media so we can interact at PLC4Character on Twitter and Instagram and at Play Like a Champion on Facebook. Our guest today is Santiago Pere de Camino, the head of the Church and Sport Office for the Dicastery of Lady, Family, and Life at the Vatican. Santiago is a terrific ambassador for sports on the global stage, and we're really excited to talk to him. Before he joins us, I'm always thrilled to be joined by Kristen Sheehan. Kristen, you met Santiago in 2015 as part of an event at the Vatican where you presented. Tell us a little bit about what took you to the Vatican and your introduction to Santiago and, and his ministry. Hey, listeners. Hope everybody is doing well today. Yeah, I'm so excited to uh, tell you about that, Pete. In uh, 2015, Clark Power, who is our executive director and founder, and I had an invitation to attend the event at the Vatican. It was um, an international study seminar that was called Coaches educating people. And it was an opportunity to get together with people from all around the world to talk about the value of a coach, but also um, the importance of educating the educators. Um, And Pope Francis gave a, a welcome letter to our seminar, and he talked about the importance of sport leaders uh, throughout the world to play the role as educators and ministers to youth. And so it's, you know, it's exactly what we do at Play Like a Champion. And so Clark and I had the opportunity to present our research about how we educate coaches. And from our research, it shows that the environment of that sport experience is elevated and that young people are are grow, do grow in their character uh, when their coaches have gone through our coach clinic. So it was really very affirming uh, to everything that we've done and gave us some new um, kind of wings moving into the future um, after that seminar in 2015. Kristen, I am so excited to hear more about the work that's being done in the church regarding sports. And I know we're both thrilled to bring in today's guest. Yes, we are so excited to introduce our listeners to our friend from Rome, Santiago Pere de Camino. Uh, welcome, Santiago. Hi. Well, thank you very much for having me um, here today. Well, we um, want to jump into your role uh, with the dicastery, but before we do that, I would like our listeners to get to know you a little better. So can you tell us about your childhood, your family, and the role sports played in your life growing up? Yes, yeah, so um, um, I'm, I'm the second of four uh, from a middle-class family from, from Madrid in, in Spain, and uh, in our family, sport has been um, something normal. Uh, it, it has been always a part of the family, we could say. 
both my parents used to play tennis and also all four um, siblings uh, we we like to play tennis and we have been playing also with our parents uh, when we when we had time and and in my case uh, and also uh, being born in, in Spain, which is a country uh, where national sport is, is soccer. Um, so I've been uh, playing soccer since I was um, a child. And, but also, uh, I, in my family, we used to play, as I said, tennis. Uh, we, we love to swim in the summer. We love to go um, in, in mountains to, to hike. Uh, we, we like also to play paddle, um, which is, uh, I don't know if you know paddle, it's, it's a, a version of tennis in a smaller place where you can use the walls to, uh, and, and so, and, and also in winter, we love to, to skiing. So, so yeah, sport has been always uh, a part of the family, as I said. And also, I, I'm also very proud to say that sport also run in our veins because my great grandfather was the first president of Real Madrid club, um, soccer club. So uh, not only we play sports, we practice sports, but uh, we like, we love to go uh, to the stadium uh, to see the matches and the Real Madrid um, soccer games. And, and it, has been always a place of encounter with the with the wider family, with our uncles, aunts, cousins. Uh, uh, we used to have um, thirteen season tickets all together in the same area, all together. So uh, every time we used to go to the stadium, um, it was like a family gathering. And it was really one of the best moments of the week uh, to be with my father, with my mother uh, in the stadium and with my uncle or my aunt, my cousins uh, and watching, watching the game. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that uh, it's... Uh, Sport, as I said, it has been always part of the family. Well, that's uh, really cool to hear. And as a, a massive soccer fan myself, I guess we'd say soccer, uh, you'd say football, but uh, the uh, the Bernabeu uh, at Real Madrid has always been on my bucket list. So, <laughs> uh, places to go. So it's so cool to hear that. If you if you ever if you ever go to Madrid, just let me know, and we will do a tour inside it, the the Bernabeu Stadium. Very, very, very cool. We we want to get more into, as Kristen mentioned, uh, your role now. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your professional journey uh, and how you you got you know sort of a, a love of sports and took that uh, throughout a career that's that's now landed you as the head of um, the church and sport office for the diecastery. Yeah. So, um, um, this is uh, you can you can say that I've been lucky or it was uh, God's plan uh, for me to, to be um, here in Rome working uh, for the church in the Vatican. Uh, 
but it's 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 funny because I I had a job um, well going even even before uh, since 2013 I used to um, to collaborate in the chief ministry office of the diocese of Madrid. Uh, and in 2009, I, I had a job uh, with a good contract and everything. And the, the Cardinal of Madrid uh, offered me, asked me to work uh, for the preparation of the World Youth Day that had place, took place in, in Madrid in, in, in 2011. And, and I, I was for two years, the head of the visa and immigration office for the World Youth Day, so trying to fix all the problems that pilgrims have when when they go for World Youth Day uh, to, to get the visa or uh, to enter in into the country without problems. So you can imagine, because uh, I, uh, I studied law, and uh, but also I had uh, good uh, knowledge of the church uh, in Madrid and, and so so I worked for two years there and in uh, the pontifical the then pontifical council for the laity it's uh, the Vatican office uh, in charge of the World Youth Day and and after the World Youth Day when when it finished they offered me to, to come to Rome to work with them. So I spent a year and almost two years uh, applying uh, also because uh, uh, you have to do some interviews and then uh, the Secretary of State uh, used to uses to do a research about you, what you what you have done, if you're a trustworthy person. Uh, what you have written, if you have uh, a thesis, uh, in case you you are not a heretical person or something. Um, and in March um, 2013, exactly uh, the 19th of March of 2013, the same day the Pope, Pope Francis started his pontificate, I, I was my first day in Rome working in the Vatican and it was funny because I can I can tell you a, a, a funny anecdote with with the Pope once uh, one day I I greet I greet him I greeted him um, I told him Holy Father you know that uh, we work in the Vatican since the very same day and and he laughed uh, he laughed at me and he said well at least we are the two, we are at least two of, of, of us that uh, we actually work in the Vatican, like, because there's, there's this uh, saying that there's people in the Vatican that doesn't work, but just uh, because every time that, that uh, I had the opportunity to talk with the Holy Father, he always uh, tried to make you laugh, he's always um, trying to make you happy, so that's, that's one of the best things I could say that, that Pope Francis, that he's He's always looking for you um, uh, and, and trying to make, uh, to make you laugh. Uh, he's, he's very, a very joyous uh, person. Well, that's so cool to hear. And of course, Pope Francis has been a huge proponent of sport 
um, and, and a fan of sport throughout his pontificate uh, and certainly meeting with teams and things like that. Uh, tell us about the mission of your sport office and the dicastery of Lady, Family, and Life. Uh, tell us what you do and what the mission of, of your office is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so um, I, I, will, I will summarize uh, the, the, the mission and the goals of the church and sport office in two different uh, aspects. The first one is that the holy, the, the church and sport office has uh, the competence to represent the Holy See at all in all international sport agencies, from the International Olympic Committee or the International Sport Federations. Um, also, we we represent the Holy See um, to to all the international um, organizations like the Council of Europe, the United Nations, for all the matters that are related to sports. Um, so we are, um, to say in a plain way, we are like a lobby for the, the Catholic Church uh, in, in these uh, international organizations, trying to promote Christian values and, and to promote the Catholic social doctrine uh, uh, in, in all the activities related to sport that, that are promoted by these uh, bodies. And so this is on one side. On the other side, uh, we try to promote human values um, in, in the Catholic faith on sports and in society through sports. So, which are two different things. So on one side, we care of the athletes in itself. Uh, we try to evangelize the world of sports, but at the same time, we, we know that sports are a unique tool. Sport is a unique tool to evangelize, to, to get to people that maybe uh, are far from the church, or even they don't know Jesus Christ. So, it's a way to make them know about the Christian teachings uh, through sports. Also, to, to help to the development of peoples. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm, it, it's coming to my mind now, uh, different initiatives we have organized or promoted, we help to, to promote in countries like in South America, in Asia, or in in Europe um, uh, to help people in need, like migrants and refugees, uh, or as I said, to the development of peoples uh, in, in countries in Africa, for example, where situation is, is really bad. And we try to give a, a, a way of hope uh, for so many people, especially children and young people that they don't have the minimum to live, but they are also, they have the right to be happy. So I would say that uh, these are the two main topics of the, the mission of the church and sports office. Well, hope is something we certainly all need, Santiago, in, in every country. And uh, we, we fully support um, your, your mission in both of the missions you explained. 
and um, was so happy to have had the opportunity to meet you in person in 2015 uh, during the, the seminar you put on, Coaches Educating People, and, and then thrilled to see in June of 2018 that the Dicastery published Giving the Best of Yourself, a document on the Christian perspective on sport and the human person, um, certainly fulfilling your goal to spread Christianity and evangelize through sport. So I'm wondering, tell us a little bit about a little bit about the document. Like, who collaborated on writing it, and what was the purpose of the publication? Well, so um, the purpose is is the purpose of the church and and of the office itself. Um, it's the first document published by the Vatican ever on sports. So that's already an issue. And, and also a purpose. Uh, we thought it's, uh, I have to, to say that this was not my idea. My predecessor, the American father, uh, Father Kevin Lexi, um, was the first head of the church and sport office. And, and he was, um, the, 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 he's the owner of the idea after uh, several year, years working at the office, he said, well, we have to, to put in, in, in one document all the, the teaching, uh, especially of St. John Paul II, who was maybe the, the, key, the key protagonist of the, of the sport doctrine of the church. Uh, in the 20th century, but also we could say that Pope Francis is giving us a lot of a lot of uh, inputs, and and also I I would like to to mention that Benedict XVI has some of the best um, speeches uh, about sports uh, from the theological point of view, for example. Uh, and, and also there are many other pontiffs that in the past have talked about sports. And um, I would like to, to mention to all our listeners that uh, the people who are listening us, listening us that the, the, this document is brief, was written, uh, uh, intended to be read by everybody, so has... Uh, a very easy um, language, uh, so that can be read by everybody. And and what I would like to mention is that there there is a lot of footnotes uh, inside the document where people can go into the deep of uh, the, the 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 teachings on sports of the pontiffs. We have mentioned Pius the Twelve, Paul Paul the Sixth, and John Paul the Second. Uh, and also other uh, other uh, professors and experts on on sports and and the Christian teaching, so we can give like a um, a general view, a brief summary of what the uh, the church says about sports. And well, the, there has been a lot of collaborators in this in this document. Um, we decided not to make public the name of of those who collaborated in the document, but I can tell you that uh, there we we created a, a work group 
with people from all over the world, from the five continents, uh, and also from diff many different fields and, and specialities, people from the academic um, uh, level, former uh, professional athletes, but also uh, people who play sports just as, as a hobby and, and or fathers or mothers of uh, people who are uh, in, in sports. Because we wanted, uh, as I said, to make a document available to everybody. And, and I think that we, we reached to make a document not, too, not very long because it has less than 60 pages. And, and, and also, as I said, open to everybody, even to non-Christian. Because uh, I always like to say that 95% of um, the Olympic values are Christian values. So everybody who uh, is interested on, on sport and, and the right way of practicing sports is already practicing the Christian values. Well, I love that it was a collaboration of people from five continents. And um, I also love, uh, Santiago, what you you said about the popes who have spoken about sports so eloquently. And in fact, on your website, and I'll go ahead and uh, tell our listeners where they can find this, um, you can go to www.laityfamilylife.va. And uh, you have a list of documents on sport in which Pope Francis, Pope Benedict, St. John Paul II, and Pope Paul VI all talk about uh, sport. And we have loved that list. We quote from it very frequently in our coach clinics. And so thank you for making that available. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to know that someone is using it because it wasn't easy to find it and but we are always updating them the list um and not only with uh, the the recent um uh, speeches of pope francis but also uh, we are translating documents uh from other pontiffs because if you go to the italian version of of this page uh uh, you can find also um, speeches and, and documents uh, from Pius XII, uh, John XXIII, uh, obviously Paul VI. Uh, so we are when when we have uh, when we have time, we try to update the the list. Uh, but I, I I really am very happy to know that is useful and there's people using it. So thank you. <laughs> we do use it frequently. And when, we, when we're when we talking with coaches and sharing um, our, you know, our, our sport is ministry message with sport parents, and we start quoting from the popes, people are surprised. They're like, wow, the Pope cares about sports. We're like, yes, very much. <laughs> uh, and that's what we love about the document, that it does detail um, the wonderful ways that sport can develop uh, the whole human. 
Um, and yet there are also some other things in the document that you, you acknowledge that there are some toxic factors that can get in the way of well-run sports. And so I just wondering if you can maybe speak about some of those troubling realities that degrade a moral sport culture. Yeah. So uh, before I uh, talk about this, I would like to mention that uh, when we were working on, on the document, on the draft of the document, uh, we thought that we we didn't want to to make this uh, a punishment document. I don't know if if I explain myself, but um, uh, sometimes when the church uh, publishes publishes a document, it it seems from the outside that the church it's uh, complaining about something. That it's happening in the society, or um, something is wrong, and or or like a punishment, uh, something. We didn't want to make uh, a negative document. So the first thing we said is to mention the good things of of sport and the relationship between uh, the church and sport. But it's true. Uh, and that that um, there are big challenges in sport nowadays, because uh, we believe that sport um, has um, a main goal in in the Christian life, and is the promotion of the dignity of the human being um, itself. And so, there are some big challenges in the life of sport. Uh, nowadays, uh, for example, uh, we, we mentioned four of them. There are not all, all of them, obviously, but we, we, we wanted to mention four of them that we considered that in this moment are uh, the four most uh, risky or more dangerous. And obviously the first one is, is the doping. Uh, physical or personal doping, but also the mechanical doping. We have seen in, in some championships, in some races where, uh, for example, uh, people use um, mechanical devices to make the bicycle faster. Uh, and, and obviously it's, it's, um, it's a deviation of of sport, and and we mentioned these um, these challenges because we have a shared responsibility for for good sport, and and all of us, uh, amateur or professional uh, athletes, we have to look after the the good sport. Um, as I said. Doping is one of the biggest problems we are facing uh, uh, right now. But also, we could we could talk about um, the, the the spectators, the hooligans, uh, and and it's something that I like to mention also because um, sometimes um, we push too much on the athletes. I when I go to the stadium to see my my football team, uh, I, I want them to win and we push them. And sometimes 
the heat of of the moment makes us to press too much um, the athletes, the teams. Um, also, for example, the fights between competing fans, uh, it, it's a violation of the fair play and that should reign uh, during sports events. Uh, uh, also, for example, we have seen so many times, uh, at least in, in Europe, uh, where people use sport uh, to spread racism or or extremist ideologies, uh, and it's it's uh, something that doesn't uh, uh, doesn't belong to sport. Um, also, the 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 corruption on sport is something very important, and and it's a huge challenge because. Um, Corruption can ruin sport, and and it is used to exploit the sense of sporting competition of players and spectators, uh, because because they are cheating uh, on purpose, um, and and also I would like to to mention the risk of uh, of the the. the the corruption on, on high levels, for example, uh, choosing this country and not that one for, for an event, for international events, for, um, I mean, any kind of corruption is, it's a risk to, uh, to ruin sports. So we thought that it was very important to mention it in, in the, in the document. Um, and lastly, we mentioned uh, this important point about the debasement of the body. And, and I, I know that it's a, it's a point that maybe in the, in the United States, it's, um, it's a critical point because of injuries and, and maybe in boxing or in American football, um, I don't remember uh, it doesn't come to my mind this oh uh, yeah the this film and uh, concussion uh, which talked about the problems of American football players um, uh, af after uh, uh, a concussion after uh, having having an injury during during the game uh, the debasement of the body, uh, it's it's um, the idea that while participation in sport can be a positive way of experiencing um, one's embodiment, we, we mentioned in the document, it can also be a context which in which the human body is reduced to the status of an object or is experienced solely in material terms. So um, it's, it's important to realize as I said in the beginning, that we cannot lose the way of the dignity of the human person uh, when we do anything in our lives. So um, if, if we are playing a sport or we are uh, working or we are uh, 
drinking a beer with our friends, we cannot lose uh, the 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 idea that we cannot mm, denigrate our human dignity. So it happened the same in in our uh, in our sports and parents, coaches, clubs. Um, are often involved in automating uh, athletes in order in, in order to guarantee uh, success and and satisfy uh, hopes, medals, records, scholarships. Um, so th th there's many aberration of this kind uh, of this kind um, in in competitive uh, children's sport, for example. Uh, I think it's important to to mention it and. And it's also important to fight it because uh, it's something that takes us away from the real way of practicing sports. Well, on a more positive note, the document also discusses uh, the joy of play, which is something you've alluded to both in the church's view and trying to be positive uh, about this uh, and also in your own experience. So. Uh, perhaps you can speak more to this really beautiful point uh, about how a person can grow holistically through sports, how they can develop virtue um, and become closer to God, as the document suggests. Well, yeah. Um, so I, I, when when we mention this point on the document, it's because even if it's something obvious, um, all of us. Um, we have the right to to participate uh, on sports, and it's something that the Charter of the Physical Education, Physical Activity and Sport um, Charter uh, made a, a right in 1978. Um, so it's important to mention it because um, the the link of joy with love uh, in sport has important truths to teach us about the relationship between God, love, and joy in our spiritual lives. And I'm, I'm sure that all of us that we have practiced sports um, in our lives, we realize even if we, if we lose a game, uh, when we practice sports, we realize that we fulfill ourselves and, and we realize that uh, many people participate in sport only of because of the joy, because to, I mean to, to enjoy the sensation of the movement of the body, the opportunity, the opportunity to socialize with others, uh, to learn a new skill. Uh, or to also to, to feel the sense of belonging. Uh, Pope Francis talks a lot about this um, culture of encounter and, and sport is a unique tool for this because we can put together a, an, an Israeli and, and a Palestinian together playing in, in the same team because in sport there are no um, ideologies. Uh, when it's well practiced, there are no languages. You you know how to play football, so you you only have to understand that you have to kick the ball. Uh, 
to arrive into into the into the the, the opponent's uh, uh, goalkeeper, but um, uh, there are no um, restrictions. So it's it's a, a unique tool also to find to find joy. Um, and and um, we mentioned in the in the document um, that, that this parable that Jesus talks about uh, the reign of God, uh, what is like the reign of God, and it, and and Jesus Christ emphasized that it is out of joy that the man who discovers the treasure sells everything he has and buys that film. Um, so our following Jesus, our following of Jesus and announcing that the reign of God is at hand is to ride out is to rise out the joy of having experienced God abundant love and mercy that characterize this reign. So when we practice poor we we manifest, we, uh, we can show this joy uh, we, we experience. And it's, it's like um, a parallel of, of the reign of God because we, we show the joy of being together, uh, the, the fulfillment of practicing sport. Um, I, I, Pope Francis in, in Evangelii Gaudium says that the joy of the gospel fills the heart and the whole life of those who encounter Jesus. And I believe that through sports, there's also a way to, to encounter Jesus. Also, in the preface of the document, Pope Francis says that uh, sport can be also a means um, uh, to of of for the mission and sanctification or holiness in the end. Uh, so, like um, like Pope Francis said, says we can also find God uh, in in everything we do. And here he, he mentions that we can become holy by playing sports. And holiness, it's a synonym of joy. I think that uh, the research for holiness uh, is always a joyful research. There was, there was, uh, there's, there's this um, Spanish saying uh, from a saying that um, that Pope Francis has mentioned um, sometimes that that it cannot it can it cannot exist a sad saying. The and and also this Spanish say um, says um, a sad saying is a saying sad. Uh, sorry, a saying sad is a sad saying. Like saying it's a poor it's a poor example. So. Um, I don't know if I explain this point uh, very well, but uh, what I wanted to say 
uh, was this that um, even through sports we find joy and finding joy we can find God in our lives in our daily life while you're speaking Santiago I'm, I'm just smiling uh, because it's a, it's a beautiful message and it's it's special that you shared it with the world and we wanted to make sure that um, the people in America did see this document and had a chance to study it. And so we had a Play Like a Champion hosted a symposium in March of 2019 to go through the document, to discuss it, and to talk tangibly about what that would mean for us in America to live the vision that your document laid out. And as a result of that symposium, um, our, our attendees came up with a one-page pastoral action plan, and we sent that to all of the American bishops. And we called upon our diocese to respond in, in tangible ways to the areas you discussed in the document and the vision of giving the best of yourself. And so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on actions that a diocese can take in this regard. And maybe there's just one or two very practical things you think that a diocese and a bishop can do to implement the vision you lay out in the document. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, allow me to say that when I read these, these, these points uh, for, for the American Catholic Church, um, following this symposium you, you organized, I was thrilled to see some of the points because, um, of course, uh, we, didn't, we didn't write this document just to be um, in the library of, of people's lives. Uh, we want to make this document put in practice. And, and also, I, I have to say that we wrote this document in a very practical way. We try to make it very easy to put in practice. In practice, and the last chapter of the document, the fifth chapter, talks uh, specifically about what what can be done in different um, aspects of our life, our lives. For example, in at schools, um, in um, at, at college and or in universities, also how to use sport as a work of mercy or to create a culture of encounter and peace, um, to create a culture of inclusion. Um, also, the, the, the role of parents as first teachers uh, in sport and to their children through sport because uh, we can use, as we mentioned, uh, sport as a way to teach uh, Christian virtues. Um, also, uh, how can sport can be implemented in parishes? And, and I, I always mention the, the example of the Italian church and the, the the experience uh, I've I've seen they what they do in the oratories uh, these uh, these centers uh, these youth centers uh, created at, um, at the beginning by by Saint John Bosco um, uh, that he he called them oratory 
uh, and and it's wonderful to see that next to the Paris uh, to the church there's um, a football field or there there are sport fields where people uh, and, and young people especially can can play I always remember the the anecdote that the the, the witness um, that a, a, a friend um, said in in a, in a meeting in a conference where he said that they used to play they used to train um, in the in the in the football field next to the Paris and he invited the, the Paris priest to come to the trainings to um, to confess and to be available for spiritual direction uh, for the athletes. So uh, the athletes are where they could go to talk with the priest while they were in during the training session. Um, so being said that I have I have to say that I'm I'm really really happy to see that you uh, propose to create an office for youth sports ministry within the United States Bishops Conference. It's something that, I, that uh, in my trips to the United States, I try. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with the Archbishop Courts when he was the president of the, uh, the Bishops Conference. And, and I would love to see the such a big country in terms of sport and also in term, in terms of sports ministry would have um, um, an office inside the the US conference because um, uh, bishops conference because I think it's important to have it and also would would help to concentrate all the efforts um, from all the different in institutions clubs Catholic um, associations that work on sports ministry to to go all together into the same um, into the same way into the same path with the same goals. I think that would be it's it's a dream. Uh, we we reached to create this office just this year. I'm sorry, just this past year, uh, we reached to create this office in in the. French Bishops Conference, and the, the president of this office now is is the auxiliary bishop of Lyon, and and I'm, I would be very happy to to see that the U, U.S. Bishops Conference will will create one um, soon. Um, going uh, specifically into your question, I would say that um, what what a diocese can do is. First of all, um, I, I offer my 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 availability to help any diocese in anything I can I can be helpful, um, but also uh, they can use the document to see what what fits in in their already in their pastoral plans. Uh, I would say also. To be in contact with all the Catholic schools and high schools, and to try to 
uh, organize a get-together with all the, the coaches or the sports uh, directors of these Catholic institutions to try to, to put God in the first place. I think it's important not to forget the, the mission of these Catholic institutions. Sometimes I understand that there's a lot of a lot of, um, uh, a lot of things uh, in in game uh, when when you are fighting for a for for a scholarship, for example, uh, or something similar. But it's important not to lose uh, the side of, of that we are uh, dealing with with people. Sometimes we are dealing with children and. And it's it's important not not to lose the side of, of these uh, issues, and and um, any every diocese is, is different. So I'm I don't want to to give any specific advice, but um, I would say these two things um, to give a look to the document, especially the the last chapter because it's a very practical one and and also um, to to try to put together all all the people who are involved on on sports uh, from a Catholic perspective to try to to create uh, like um, uh, a program or something where um, young people and children can be can be formed not only from from uh, a physical uh, way but also from a spiritual way. Uh, so when they finish, maybe some of them they they can become professional players, but they can also become uh, good Christians uh, and good parents in their future, or if it's their vocation. And, and so on. Well, that's certainly uh, wonderful comments there. One of the ways you've also continued the work of the document, uh, last fall in 2020, you hosted a series of virtual webinars uh, with leaders from around the world, and it was titled Sport Rethinking Tomorrow. So some of what we've talked about already in terms of taking uh, what we've, we've seen and in the document and looking forward uh, especially in light of the, the COVID crisis. So talk to us a little bit about this webinar series. What was your goal and how do you think the discussion shaped how we move from the current pandemic toward a better future for, for sports and for our, our athletes? Yeah, so um, we this this year we thought we have to, to do something and obviously uh, to organize something in presence was impossible. Uh, not only because of the pandemic, but also because of the uh, travel limitations of, of the people. And, and instead of seeing it as a problem or, uh, or a limitation, um, we tried to see it as, as a challenge and as a, an opportunity. And we thought, well, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to invite and to be together with so many people from all over the world um, in the same in the same place uh, 
spending nothing from from the participants uh, so we organized this uh, webinar series uh, to try to to talk about uh, about what the pandemic is is doing in our lives but also uh, what what we can learn from the pandemic itself uh, for the future of sport and so we organized these four webinar sessions um, uh, during the month of October to talk about sports after the pandemic, uh, to, to reflect, to, to talk uh, about, about the future of sport, if, if something will, if anything will change. Um, but also talk, um, talking about sport as a role of, for life and, and also giving the opportunity, the people, the participants to know about this document we, we have been talking before. Uh, but I would say that the main um, goal for these um, uh, webinars, these webinar sessions were uh, to talk about inclusive sport because I think that the, the pandemic has, has shown us, as Pope Francis said, has shown us uh, a reality that was hidden but existed, and that, that there's a lot of people uh, living in a, in a very difficult situation uh, around the world, and that we cannot uh, turn um, our side uh from from them that we cannot uh turn the corner and and feel that we we haven't seen anything that's why we organize these these sessions because we think that we have to try at least try to make a change in this society after the, the pandemic and that um, passes through the point of making sport more inclusive uh, to not to exclude uh, uh, people with disabilities but also uh, to try to to be inclusive with people with less resources um, to think about uh, people with uh, mental um, uh, or physical disabilities, as I mentioned, but also people, for example, inmates, uh, people who are in, in prison. Uh, I mean, we could mention many different, many different situations. And sport, as I said, uh, it is a unique tool to, to be a way of inclusive, inclusion in, in our society. Um, so that's why we um, had this uh, last session talking about something that it's uh, deep in, in our hearts, which, which is the anthropo anthropological ecology. When um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad and sometimes I'm, I'm angry with the media when they talk about Laudato Si and they talk only about ecology as something that uh, is related to the to the nature uh to the to the earth 
but then because that means that they didn't read um, the 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 exhortation, the apostolic exhortation of the Holy Father, because Laudato Si doesn't talk only about the care the care of the earth. He talks especially and mainly about an anthropological ecology, uh, how we have to be careful and how to be how we have to care about the human being by taking care of the earth. And I think that sport also has um, a role in this in this point um, by by being, as I said, uh, more inclusive uh, by um, by by focusing on formation of the people by also um, uh, giving giving a push. Uh, to the sustainability of of the sport projects, which uh, um, which passes through many different ideas, uh, for example, uh, the, the 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 sense of gratitude, uh, the sense of uh, free, um, the the sense of give uh, oneself, uh, not to give alms but to give with the heart uh, as pope francis says um, it's a gesture that takes away that take takes take us away from selfishness and the desire to possess so um, i think there's a lot to be done uh, after the pandemic and and if we don't do it nobody will do it for us we do thank you for hosting that webinar series this fall. Pete and I both attended and learned a lot and found a lot of value in gathering literally across the world with people virtually. And um, we we extended the invitation to many of our partners who also joined uh, from across America. And so I'm wondering if you have additional events or projects planned in the future once we move past COVID. And uh, tell us about some of the other work you uh, plan to do to continue to the advance the mission of the church. Yeah, so um, also the last day of this uh, webinar series, we talked about um, two projects that we would like to um, to put in, in the field. And we already uh, started to, to think about them. The first one, is um, an international conference um, scheduled for the end of this year or uh, the beginning of next year um, on sports and human fragility, on human frailty. Uh, because we think uh, that after all the, the international conferences, uh, like the, the one that you took part in 2015 about coaches, uh, so we think there's always um, a line, a conducting line between all these um, topics uh, of these uh, international conferences. And we think that the next step uh, goes uh, through uh, the sense of fragility. And we have experienced that in during this year because of COVID. Uh, we, we are 
able to do so many things. The human, the human being is able uh, of the best and the worst, and and we are prepared for nuclear, um, uh, nuclear, um, how do you say, um, challenges. Uh, but uh, we have been uh, completely locked down by a small uh, virus that it's even undetectable uh, by, by the side. So we are at the same time very powerful and very fragile. And, and I think um, a conference about sports and, and, and fragility would give us a deepened appreciation of the value of sports um, in the face of disability, in the face of marginalization, um, to, to foster uh, of greater inclus inclusion. And I think that it will serve as a, as a practical um, exam of conscious to know where we have failed as a community uh, and but also to identify our strengths um, provide in providing life-changing experiences that there are so many around the world uh, so in short what what we can teach and learn from each other and and the second project which is something that already the youth office of our dicastery has has done uh, with young people is the creation of a working group of a greater scope with people from all over the world who work on in the area of pastoral ministry within sports uh, as well as, as in fields that that promote values through sports and and the purpose would be to share best practices which can be reproduced in all the places of the world uh, as well as for the sake, sake of, of a deepened uh, understanding of issues related to the future of sports and, and those who practice them. And, and from, from there, uh, to give the possibility uh, to all the people from different parts of the world, as I said, to propose different topics to be organized and, and, and put into the agenda of, of the church and sport office to talk about, about them. So these are the two main projects we have in mind. And we are uh, trying to, to organize this conference uh, for the end of this year, but we still don't know what will happen uh, with the pandemic and if it will be a, if we will be able to to do it in presence because we would love i mean even if we had a wonderful experience i firmly believe that there's nothing like the personal encounter with with people uh, and and also not not only for for the dicastery but all the participants the fact to be in, inside uh, a building uh, 
working for three, four days on, on something and living together, praying together. It's a wonderful experience and, and sometimes it's also a life-changing experience. So we'll see if it's possible, but we, we, we'll do our best to, to make it present. Boy, we, we surely agree, Santiago. We have a conference every June. In this past June, of course, we had to go virtual, like like your webinar series. And mm-hmm. um, as you note, we, we don't know if that will be possible to gather in person, but boy, do we want to. <laughs> we just, we love coming together as a community. And um, our partners say it's kind of like their family reunion. And as you note, know, you, you work together, you pray together, and you even play together. Mm-hmm. We make yeah. sure we, we play during that event as well to bring on yes. that experience, right? Yes, so, yes. Well, Santiago, it has been really a pleasure to be with you today, and thank you. For- the pleasure, the pleasure is mine, really. Thank you, thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, and if we can contribute to your working group, that's one of your future projects. We'd be so happy to be a part of that, and of and course. Assist, um, you know, as kind of representative of the American church. Um, so thank you so much for your vision, your mission, and for providing us the leadership from the Holy See on the overall value and purpose that sport can be for people. Thank you. Thank you, Christine and, and Peter, for, for all you, you do um, in, in Notre Dame and in the United States uh, for the promotion of of the sports ministry and and also for the formation of so many people uh, around around the nation so thank you from the deep of my heart uh, thank you for all you you are doing um, from play like a champion so really thank you very much thank you santiago kristen that was a terrific interview with santiago He discussed in depth the Vatican vision for sport, but one of the things you mentioned that I think bears further discussion is a pastoral action plan. He talked about that as well and how important that action, that practical action moving forward is. Um, It's important that we don't just discuss the ways in which the church can use sport, uh, but we actually take action. Uh, As I believe Santiago said, that it's not just a, a library, right? It's actual action. So talk to me about the document uh, that Palika Champion created that, that you mentioned in the interview following our symposium and why that's so critical to moving forward. Right. So right after the symposium, Pete, we created this one-page pastoral action plan and and actually had um, Bishop um, Hain, uh, who was then of the Diocese of Gary, he's now the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. He sent that to every American bishop. And we've has since had um, some additional conversations with him and a couple of other bishops about the tangible action that we believe can and should be taken and looking to get the USCCB to embrace an office for sport. Um, which, you know, is a big of country as America, as Santiago referred to, we don't have that national office. And um, so that's something that I think we'll continue to, um, to 
push for and to put in front of our of our of our American bishops. Um, also, Pete, as you know, we the two of us and Clark Power uh, wrote a book that was recently published this spring that delves into the roots and the content of that Vatican document. And so we'd like to remind our listeners that they can purchase the book through the National Catholic Education Association. The book is called Play Like a Champion, Following the Vatican's Lead to Elevate the Culture of American Sport. Yeah, and the easiest way probably to find that is go to our website, playlikeachampion.org. You can go to the Sport as Ministry page uh, under the resources dropdown, and you will find a link uh, to get that book, even with a discount. So uh, please hop on there and check that out. And as Kristen mentioned, that uh, that future of hopefully an apostolate for sport, an office for sport in the United States uh, we will continue to work on that. So, so important, uh, I think, to the future of sports in this country and, and certainly in regards to the church. So look forward to hearing more about that. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us here on the Play Like a Champion show. Remember, you can subscribe and download to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that now. You don't want to miss a single episode going forward. We've got some really great guests coming up. If you haven't listened to the first several episodes of the show go back you can do that as well at any time and connect to us on social media visit our website as i just mentioned playlikeachampion.org in addition to the book lots of great resources on there whether it's staying active during covid or resources for parishes schools whatever it may be if you have any questions don't hesitate to email us information at playlikeachampion.org is our address Kristen. Thanks, as always, for being here. What a great interview today, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks, Pete, and thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. I hope that you stay safe, everyone, throughout this week, and wherever you are, remember to play like a champion each and every day. Mm